Welcome back here to the courtroom of current events. We've got Peter's proffer on a very current event. We've been reading over the weekend about the Allegiant Airline issues. We decided to make a podcast, give our comments, tell you what, tell you what uh, we think about it. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or want us to do a specific topic, hit us up on all social media at Tragos Law. And it's good to be with you again. Today to dig in to the issues that Allegiant Airlines is having. Um, the reason for this podcast is just basically the articles and the videos have been shared, some of the interviews that have happened, and it's really happening in our backyard. The St. Pete Clearwater Airport, which is where Allegiant goes out of, um, hits very close to home. It's within 15 minutes from our office. Our families and friends fly out of there all the time. So we're just going to talk about it and dig into it a little bit. We've got some interesting points to to talk about and bring in and add to the conversation. Um, so we're gonna we're just going to kind of start out by talking about some of the uh, issues that have been reported that Allegiant Airlines is actually having. And today I've got Pete Sardis with me. Well, over the last two years, uh, Allegiant Airline has logged over a hundred serious incidents. And when we say serious incident, we're talking about things like engine failures. Uh, emergency landings, aborted takeoffs, um, uh, issues that go beyond the coffee makers not working. Yeah, and you know, in, in the interview, and we're going to be referencing quotes and things from the interviews throughout our uh, conversation today, but in the interview, one of the things that they talk about is some pilots go their entire 30-year careers without any serious incidents or any engine failures or anything that's been happening over and over again at Allegiant over the last two years. And to think that Allegiant, an airline with less than 100 planes, has had 100 incidents in two years means that every every plane has had one incident, basically, over the last two years. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about as much as this is happening with as few planes as it's happening on. And the way they find out about this stuff, whether it's CBS or just any person, is by filing a Freedom a freedom of Information Act. Um, and we do that a lot, and that happens a lot in our cases um, for different reasons, but I'm going to have Pete explain what a Freedom of Information Act filing actually is. Everything that occurs in the federal government, for the most part, unless if it's classified, you can have access to it by filing what's called a Freedom of Information Act request. And what you do is you can send a specific form to a specific uh, agency of the government and request documents, transcripts, you know, videotape, whatever they possibly have. Now, realize you can't do these uh, Freedom of Information Acts for active criminal cases. You can't ask for classified materials. No, they will not tell you how many aliens are in uh, Area 54. But you can find out if, for example, the FAA has done a search on a particular airline or if they've filed certain uh, uh, documents referencing maintenance issues or compliance problems. So, you know, more recently, the, uh, I guess, investigators at CBS or whoever's doing this filed the Freedom of Information Act with the FAA for all mechanical issues for all of the uh, major airlines, and only one objected, and we'll let you guess who the one that objected to that is, and that is Allegiant. So these companies can object to people getting this information. They usually have to have good reason for doing so, whether it's you know, it's too difficult for them to get all these files or they have, like Pete said, an active open investigation or whatever it may be. But only Allegiant objected to that, which doesn't look good on their part. And I'm sure all the other airlines loved it and they love all this news about how, 
you know, the cheapest airline, you get what you pay for, basically, is what the other airlines want you to think and want you to see because Allegiant is, is eating into their profit margins in a huge way. So even though um, there really haven't been any fatal crashes that I'm aware of um, reported by Allegiant, there have been crashes that have resulted in injuries. And those injuries don't just happen like a car accident where you, you, know, you crash and you break your arm or you hurt your neck or your back. Uh, a lot of these injuries can take place you know, while the plane's on the ground or after the plane goes up and back down um, in different situations throughout these mechanical failures by Allegiant. Recognizing, like Peter says, when you're in a car accident, the accident normally happens, and then you pull over to the side of the road. Not exactly how things work out on an aircraft. And understand that when you hear plane crash or serious mechanical issue on a plane, the, the hysteria sets in. People become nervous, start jumping over each other. More injuries actually happen while they deplane sometimes when they open up the slides and people are trying to get off of the plane than the actual incident itself caused. Um, some of these abrupt landings, or frankly, the the exact opposite, when there's an aborted takeoff, when the plane's already at 125 miles an hour and the pilot slams on the brakes, uh, you know that that causes people to to suffer like whiplash. They can, you can tear shoulders. There's a lot that can happen to you. And one of the we've actually had a case against Allegiant back in 2015, which is very interesting because. We got interviewed by the people putting together this article. I didn't realize that it was uh, uh, this big of an issue and that it was going to be an article two years in the making, basically. But it actually involved one of the reports that was referenced in in the article that came out today in the CBS investigation. Um, and we had a client that was injured during the deplaning process where she was basically trampled over by everybody trying to get off the plane because... Um, and one of the things we allege is Allegiant just did not have the proper safety protocols in place to deplane. Um, and I mean, it's just crazy. If we would have had this article, how much more we would have had. There's so much gold in here that you can see when when uh, the FAA uh, is investigating uh, Allegiant and explaining to them all the problems that they're having. I mean, this puts them on notice. And that's a huge factor that we're going to talk about in a little bit when we're talking about going into the future. But before we get into that, I want to kind of talk about with Pete what the FAA is there for, what it is, what it does, um, and how it's kind of fallen short in this circumstance. The FAA is the Federal Aviation Administration, and they're basically responsible for civil air safety in the United States. They, uh, they go through and make sure, well, at least they used to go through and make sure maintenance was happening. happening. The flight crews were properly trained. The pilot's not on drugs. Um, you know, that's kind of what their job was. And they also used to, in, well, they still do investigate uh, airline incidents. But apparently the rules have changed for them. Well, the, the, the point of the FAA is just like any regulation and anything else. So they regulate an industry. It's the same thing as, you know, when we're talking about um, uh, pill bottles or prescription drugs, that's regulated. The warnings are regulated. What the pharmacists have to tell you is regulated. Um, the same thing, the, the big uh, Facebook congressional hearing that's going on, one of the big issues with Facebook is it's not properly regulated because it's something brand new that we've never really dealt with before. Well, the FAA has been around forever, basically, regulating the aviation industry, and that regulation is supposed to keep things safe. But Pete's going to talk about the issues with what this article says and what they're actually doing with Allegiant based on all of these serious incidents. It's an issue between enforcement and compliance. 
in the old days, apparently, the FAA did enforcement. In other words, they'd walk onto the aircraft, they'd go through it and say, this is broken, this is wrong, this isn't fixed, and they'd find the airline. Now they've gone to something called compliance, which is the warm and fuzzy way, apparently, of doing business, where they go through the aircraft and say, well, you probably should fix this, and this is broken. And as opposed to slapping with a big fine and making a public uh, notice on it, what they'll do is they'll go behind the scenes and try to help the airlines um, they try to help the airlines fix the problem off the record. And I think that's what's causing a lot of issues for people because that is where Allegiant is basically pulling the wool over everybody because you're not seeing the compliance. The inf- I'm sorry, you're not seeing the enforcement. You're only seeing letters being generated by the FAA. And then they use things like, well, there haven't been as many events since this investigation took place. And the real point is, as you read through the article and you hear that the maintenance people are telling the pilots not to report certain uh, serious incidents or mechanical errors, which is illegal, that can correlate to uh, less incidents just as much as a not even a slap on the wrist, which is what the article called it, uh, the letter sent uh, behind the scenes by FAA to Allegiant, which puts nothing in the public record, doesn't put the people that are actually flying on Allegiant on notice, doesn't let everybody know the issues that Allegiant's having and how many they're having compared to the other airlines. And that's kind of the scary part is these people are looking for the cheapest tickets. They think, you know, lay people, including myself, really think all the planes are the same. They're not going to put a plane that doesn't fly up in the air. So, you know, you see a, a cheaper ticket and you think, why not? You know, let's take this because it goes directly from here to there. And you don't realize all the issues that these old planes that really shouldn't be in the air um, have. Uh, and Pete's going to talk about now kind of one, one of the things we always argue with, you know, car insurance companies and, and PI cases is it's all about their bottom line. They don't care about you. They care about how much money they're making. They're an insurance company. That's the point. They are a company. So they're worried about the bottom line. So Pete's going to talk about why Allegiant's bottom line seems to be so much more profitable than other airlines, which includes taking into account the cost per seat. Yeah. Airlines calculate their costs per mile per seat. So uh, if you take an airline, well, one of the major carriers, let's use Delta. Delta's airlines has, I would guess years ago we had found out, they're about 13 or 14 cents per seat per mile was the cost of putting that plane in the air. And what did that really entail? It entails fuel, it entails uh, pilots and uh, pensions for retired people and maintenance crews and the cost of the aircraft. Well, when you're looking at a, a low-cost carrier like Allegiant, apparently their cost is somewhere in the 4 to $0.05 cents per seat per mile range, which is huge profit margins compared to you know the big carriers. But think about it. How do you get that huge profit margin? Well, number one, if you believe the article... Um, Allegiant doesn't own any aircraft that are new. All their aircraft were purchased secondhand McDonnell Douglas uh, aircraft that have been out of service in secondary markets like, you know, uh, Eastern Europe and, you know, Northern Africa. So you buy these planes, refurbish them, and try to fly them. Now, there's, it's hard to get parts for these planes because they don't make parts for these planes anymore. And then you've got an issue with, well, who's actually fixing these planes? Are they the mechanics that are uh, the employees by Allegiant? The article says no. The article says they're basically hiring uh, third-party vendors to do maintenance and wherever the heck they are uh, you know, on the ground at that particular point in time. Which they say is an issue, obviously. And all of this leads up to um, 
you know, God forbid some fatal crash happens or more injuries occur when one of these serious incidents take place and how does Allegiant deal with it? Um, and that's when we're going to talk about the notice requirement. In a lot of cases, if you can show that a company is on notice that a particular injury or hazard or uh, problem area or hazardous condition, like I said, exists, then that ups the ante for them. And it can even be considered reckless behavior or um, they, they just basically don't care about that hazardous condition and continue just trying to make as much money as possible while overlooking things that create problems. And this goes beyond just Allegiant. I, I think it's obvious at this point that, that a lawyer could argue that Allegiant's on notice that they have some safety concerns and safety issues. But if I was Allegiant, I would turn around and say, well, the FAA never fined us. The FAA never you know, gave us a, a public reprimand or anything like that. So we think we are in compliance. So then people are going to start looking to the FAA, which could have some uh, sovereign immunity, but they are also in on this investigation and not doing more to prevent it. And then Pete also mentioned third-party vendors that act as mechanics. If they're only doing certain things or asking pilots not to report um, issues that they're having, they could have some liability because they're on notice about how terrible these planes are. Um, that allegiance uh, that allegiance putting in the air, which is very similar to you take your car to a mechanic. They know you shouldn't be driving it anymore. It should be totaled, but they let you uh, drive out of the 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 uh, shop with it. Well, they're going to be now potentially liable for whatever happens to that car because they are the professional that looked at it and should have said you can't drive this car anymore. In the article, uh, there was a story about a pilot that aborted a takeoff, uh, and that's a pretty big deal when you stop. A- 30,000 pound airplane. You lose airplane. a lot of money when you do that You too. lose a lot of money. You've now screwed up the air traffic control for that airport. It's a big deal. So apparently he, he just felt that there was something not right with the plane as opposed to taking off, he stops. We may have some knowledge about this particular case because in fact, Peter represented a, a, a one or more of the passengers. But the interesting part of the article was that this pilot figured out something wasn't right, stops the aircraft. They go through and find out there's some cotter pin that's supposed to be there that's missing. In the course of your pre-flight checks, the maintenance staff should have checked that specific component five times, and they didn't. So then what happens? FAA comes on board. FAA, you know, does a letter to, uh, to Allegiant saying, you know what? You really should watch that cotter pin because it's supposed to be there, and there are five pre-flight checks that actually make you touch it to make sure that it's right. But that's okay because we're not going to fine you for it. So Peter's point being is, is the airline liable? Absolutely. They didn't have a part that was supposed to have been checked at least five times in pre-flight. Um, then the FAA knew about it and didn't fine or you know, make the airline become in compliance. At what point does the plane fall out of the sky and everybody's going to be looking at the FAA? Yeah, and that, that's kind of one of the issues that that's going to come in the future and that this article really shines a light on and I think is, is very interesting is there are more people on notice now than just allegiance. So this article can really cut both ways because now we as a society, or at least in the St. Pete Clearwater area, should be on notice that Allegiant Airlines might not be safe. So uh, sometimes you get what you pay for. Be careful when picking your flight. Don't always go with the cheapest price with everything. Um, so this is just an agreement on a public service announcement that's been made today, just kind of our comments on it. We hope you enjoyed listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time.